ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Right Sides Only. I'm Turnpike. You may have noticed a silence there. I know, I know. This is very sad, but Green is not with us. He is no longer with us. This is a very sad day. He ain't dead or nothing. He just he just got married, so uh, <laughs> he's out on his honeymoon right now. Um, congratulations to Mr. and Mrs. Green. They are out having a ball, but somebody still has to do this show, and here I am. Now, you might remember Green did a solo episode for me when I was in on vacation several times, and um, we're going to have to do that again soon here. <laughs> of course, not a great time to take it for the championship, but wanted to jump on here and at least uh, put something out, you know, put, put a video in some format to get out to you guys. Not doing a very structured episode today, just kind of more shooting off the hip, just kind of talking about what I want to talk about. This is something that I want to do more often. I don't know if you guys have ever listened to my solo show that has one episode that I posted several months ago called Turnpike Tonight. That is my solo show. Green is going to be firing up Green's racing reference. We're going to have all sorts of fun, kooky things going out in the near future, so be on the lookout for that. Be a little bit more on the off-season and all of that fun stuff. But anyway, let's get into the racing that happened over the weekend. Um, first announcement that I'd like to talk about is the NASCAR Euro announcement about they will be having a race on ice, which is the first time I've seen at least a NASCAR stock car. I've seen some racing on ice before. I know the uh, Race of Champions had uh, like a snow ice section, and that was very cool. So I'm very excited to see what this will will bring. We've seen NASCAR and NASCAR Euro especially being willing to take a little bit more risks, try to branch out and do new things, whether that is Clash at the Coliseum, whether that is racing on ice, whether that is uh, putting dirt on Bristol, one of those ideas I'm not a big fan of. But we have seen the ability and thought process that they're going through of trying new things, not just running paved ovals. And I'm always a big fan of that. Those that know me know I am a big road course guy, and I will always be <laughs> more a fan of road courses, street courses, turning left and right. Just I just like it because of their car control. But racing on ice is something that I have never really thought about, um, other than, like I said, the, the race of champions. But actually doing a legitimate race on ice, that will be interesting. Um, like I said, that is on the NASCAR Euro calendar. So if you guys don't follow NASCAR Euro, you guys need to get over there and start checking that out. It is awesome. Um, you want to look into somebody that ran and did very well, friend of the show, pre previous guest, uh, Loris Hesemans. He was a two-time NASCAR Euro champion. He was really good. His little brother Liam is coming up the ranks right now. Liam is looking scary good. Um, there's all sorts of other other people running NASCAR Euro and uh it's a, it's a great series. I enjoy it. Runs mainly, well, pretty much almost exclusively uh, road courses in Europe. And uh, I think they're going to be at Brands Hatch this year and uh, a couple other places. And uh, some, some really cool racing goes on over there. So especially if you're like a like a NASCAR Formula fan that, you know, kind of like me, that kind of rides that that in-between line. Uh, NASCAR Euro is, is such a such a cool series. But anyway, let's get on to some other things. Let's go ahead and jump into, I guess, uh, let's do let's let's do a little formula. So, the Formula One circuit made its way to Circuit of the Americas over the weekend, 
the Coda race, which is always uh, super fun to watch. I absolutely adore Coda as a racetrack. Um, I like it when NASCAR runs there. I like it when Formula runs there. I just love that facility. I think it's probably one of, I would consider it top two racetrack facilities in America. Honestly, I know that sounds crazy. When I when I think of prestigious uh, facilities, I don't think of well the the two prestigious ones I think of is Indy Daytona. When I think of um, more facility wise, I uh, put Coda in there as well. So yeah, they were at Coda. It was uh, interesting. Carlos Sainz qualifying on pole, and he was looking pretty good until somebody by the name of George Russell decided uh, he wasn't allowed to be in the lead anymore. Um, George Russell has been driving like an absolute menace the last year since moving to Mercedes. He's ruined several races, wrecked several people, and not once, I think, has he ever taken the blame for it. He takes after his teammate Lewis Hamilton, who has also been prone to do that the last couple years. Um, I'm not like against that. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying that it happens. Um, you know, I, I think of the Fernando Alonso incident at Spa. And just some various other goings on. Anytime that Lewis has to take an uh, overtake a Red Bull, there's always some contact. And uh, I'm I'm a fan of it. I'm a fan of it. But um, yeah, wild. So shout out to George Russell for ruining another race for Ferrari. Ferrari, uh, I don't know what's going on. Ferrari was my kind of pick to to win. I thought Leclerc was going to be kind of like Max and Lewis were last year of you know fighting down to the wire. I was really hoping Leclerc could pull it out, but uh, Max got that thing sealed up. My my goodness. This has been a Formula One dominance uh, greater, honestly, greater than the last couple years with Lewis. Um, I think he's got 13 wins now. That ties Vettel and Schumacher for most wins in a season. I fully expect Max to break that record in the next race, at least, minimum. But I think he will get it. Max Verstappen goes on to win the race. Dominant performance by Max. Lewis was looking pretty good, um, but of course couldn't couldn't finish it out. But uh, much better showing from Mercedes this week, who I'm very conflicted on still. I love Mercedes as a brand and as a team, but I don't like any of the people there. Um, you know, the Silver Arrow. If I could drive for a Formula One team, it'd probably be the Silver Arrows. Just because it's just just some aura of mystique around it, um, I guess you could say that about any of the top three: Ferrari, Red Bull, and Mercedes. But I've always just had a thing for Mercedes, especially when they had the white fire suits and oh man, that that, that was just the coolest thing of all time. But yeah, it's kind of bittersweet watching Mercedes not win a race, but also it's like, well, it would be cool to see George get his first career win. But we, alas, continue to wait. So going up on the calendar soon, I believe we're kind of in the uh, North American run here. So, yep, we'll be going to Mexico and then Brazil and then Abu Dhabi will seal it all up. Very excited to see that. So anyway, let's move on to NASCAR at Homestead, Miami. Homestead, Miami, the ex-home of the championship race. A lot of people would be quite uh, on board with moving it back to Miami. But, of course, I don't think they're going to do that. I mean, preferably, they would just get rid of the playoff system entirely, and then it didn't matter where the last race was because usually whoever had won it up by then. Speaking of which, Chase Elliott should be locking it in this weekend. So keep in mind, 
that under a normal points format, Chase Elliott would, by all likelihood, be the championship winner coming out of Martinsville, especially if he has a very good finish. But that is not the world we live in. (laughs) We live in a society of gimmicks and ideas that are terrible and you cannot lock up a championship. No matter how good you are, you could win every single race of the season, come in second in the championship race, and not win the championship. But hey, I've ranted about that before. You guys know how I, and I think I I speak for Green at the same time when saying, uh, yeah, that that is just no good. So let's go ahead and take a look here at the NASCAR standings coming out of Miami. Here is how it stands at the time. So, top four is Ross Chastain, Joey Logano, Chase Elliott, William Byron. Uh, Logano is the only one that is locked into the second round with his win. Um, Chastain, 19 above. Elliott, 11 above. Byron, 5 above. Your four out is really the two, well, I guess theoretically Christopher Bell could get in, but the two guys you're going to be looking for getting in are going to be Denny Hamlin at minus 5 and Ryan Blaney at minus 18. Either of those guys could make it in. Of course, if I'm William Byron, I'm not feeling super good about this because you're only five above the cut line, but William Byron did win the spring race at Martinsville. So there is a good chance that he could run that back. He's He was dominant at that track. Now, partially because nobody could pass and it was just a terrible, terrible race. But hey, whatever. Want to take this moment to take a look at where our standings are. Take a look at where our standings are currently if it ended right now. So my final four are Chase Elliott, Joy Logano, Ross Chastain, Denny Hamlin. So the only guy in there that I do not have is William Byron, and I think Denny could. He's only, like I said, he's five points below the cut line. Um, let's see Let's see how greens are doing. So Tyler Reddick out, Kyle Larson out, Ryan Blaney is, I, I mean, he's got a chance. He's, he's negative 18. And Kevin Harvick uh, gone. So he only has one possible shot. I theoretically could sweep it, get all four. Um, that's best case scenario for me. Best case scenario for Green is he gets a single one. And that will be interesting on the points. I'm not going to do the points this week. Just that's Green's thing. Um, we finished back-to-back on the race. So neither of us really got a points advantage of the other because I think they really finished 11th and 12th, I believe. Um, so really not a big deal in that one. So we'll come back and talk about Martinsville here in just a second. But let's go over some other fun things around the world of motorsports and mostly just things that I want to talk about because sometimes I want to talk about things. So we have a couple of fun little facts. The first one I've already went over was Chase Elliott should be locking up the championship this weekend. And I know I ranted on it a minute ago, but I really want to instate that the format is broken. And I, I say that every week, but I truly believe the format is broken. Now, a big reason for this is it reduces the effect that dominance has. And I think that was really intended when you look at Jimmy Johnson and some other people that kind of really went on the format and caused it to change. I mean, the format we have right now and the format itself was born, born out of Jimmy Johnson. I mean, that's just, that is just straight up 
how it came to be. So Chase Elliott, who has had a monster year, very, very, very good year from Chase Elliott, should be theoretically wrapping up the championship this weekend. But yet we have a system that penalizes the good and helps the bad. A way to think about this is imagine you're running a marathon. Imagine you're running a marathon. And all throughout the marathon, there are things to slow down the leaders, just the leaders. So you've got people in the way, or even still, let's imagine you put a football team, defensive line, in front of the in front of the the line to finish the race. And their only goal is to slow you down to let the people in the back catch up to give a better finish. And let's say they're really, really good. Let's say they're really good. And you're on your way to winning the race. They get up there, they block you. Maybe they knock you down, they hurt you or something like that. And what should have been yours by a country mile has been artificially altered to give someone else a chance. We talk about the race manipulation that quote-unquote happened with Stuart Haas with Cole Custer. I do not believe that was any sort of race manipulation. If I have a car and I need one spot and my car's behind the other one, I can switch my cars. To say that it's manipulating to give up a position is stupid. Does a park and, does a does a start and park car does that count as race manipulation because they just they just quit. Is that race manipulation? Where does that start? Where does that end? If I wreck, isn't that race manipulation? Because it's manipulated the race. It's starting parking. All these things, stages, aren't stages race manipulation? Where does the line get drawn here, folks? And that is that is my question, is where does the line get drawn? If I give up a spot to my teammate, as long as I don't say anything over the radio about it, is that fine? NASCAR needs to needs to have some sort of rule. And I know it's vague on purpose. So they can pick and choose when they want to. Name one other professional sports league where the rules are left intentionally vague in order to give more discretion. I cannot personally think of one. This is embarrassing, folks. NASCAR is kind of the laughingstock of the motorsports world for a lot of different reasons. One is I think people just don't understand that wrecking is a part of NASCAR and just how it is. And they see wrecks and they're like, oh man, they suck. But in all honesty, a thing that makes NASCAR laughable, especially in my eyes, is the calls from the officials and the system. The system is broken, I think. Part of me kind of hopes that Chase Elliott doesn't win the championship just to expose how bad the system is. And especially if it happens to Chase Elliott, if it happens to the sport's most popular driver, that will get people mad. And I think NASCAR needs people to get mad because I don't think they're going to change. I don't think NASCAR is ever going to change. Something needs to happen. And something needs to happen. Well, I say this year, but if I've got still got Chase Elliott in it, I don't want Chase Elliott to get out because I need him for RSO picks. But yeah, that's just a little that's just a little rant of mine. So, out of curiosity, um, this comes from uh, Nick. I, I, don't, I, I screenshotted this, but it's Nick hashtag Danka Seb five and two, and he put a tweet that says, "Don't let Larson's dominance yesterday distract from the fact that Chase Elliott should be wrapping up this championship this weekend." So, in this points format, and I think this came from Racing Reference, it has like full like a full season points. Chase Elliott would have eleven forty seven. Joey Logano would be 88 behind in 10:59, and I think at that point it would have probably become a immeasurable deficit. 
which means that Chase Elliott should be wrapping up the championship. But yet, he's going to fight for his life in Phoenix. So let's see if he can get it. We'll see if he can get it. I don't know. I don't know. But he's got to get through Martinsville first, which isn't as easy as it seems. Fun fact. It's tweeted by Steve. Uh, I, I say Steve Lovender. I don't know how to say his name. But if, if you know who Steve is, you, if you're on NASCAR Twitter, you know exactly who Steve is. <laughs> so I'm leaving it there. Fun fact. A.J. Allmendinger. The Dinger. His uh, 2022 NASCAR Cup Series average finish before the Minions Rise of Gru movie came out was a 23.1. Since Minions Rise of Gru came out, it is a 7.1. So a good movie can make all the difference, I guess. Take a look at a couple more things, then I'm going to let you go. I'm going to keep this episode real nice, real short, just kind of a filler, but I've got a couple other things. The first one is let's look at TV numbers. So... Coda was sold out. I think it's 440-something thousand, which I think broke the record again that I think it held last year. Yeah, record-breaking 440,000 people. Uh, that's nearly 200,000 more than the race saw in 2018 and is the most attended three-day weekend in Formula One history. Formula One is here in America, folks. Formula One is here, and I think it's going to stay. And it's not always for the great reasons. You know, I'm a big Formula One fan as I'm a big racing fan. But a lot of people could care less about the racing. This is more an event. They look at this more like a Coachella or a Governor's Ball or a Lollapalooza, where it's an event you go to, and then you don't think about it, which is which is interesting. But, hey, my thing is people in America are watching racing, and that's really bottom line what I care about, what I care about. So a couple guys to come out of this is there were two good comments from this weekend, mostly about IndyCar. Uh, Daniel Ricardo was asked on his opinion on racing IndyCar since he does not have a Formula 1 seat for next year. There are talks about him being a reserve driver for Red Bull, but nothing is set in stone yet from how I see it. Um, they asked him about the possibility of IndyCar, and he said, F no, ovals scare me. Considering that he has the three because of Dale Earnhardt, um, interesting, interesting take. I know they're daunting. Um, if that's not what you're used to, I'm sure that could be very hard. And uh, Valtteri Bottas, the big VB, also had some interesting comments. Uh, this is a quote from Valtteri. It's, uh, maybe I'll be racing in the U.S. IndyCar is, not in, uh, is quite interesting. The tracks are nice. The racing seems really real. It seems like it's gaining popularity, at least in Europe. Let's see. So I would love to see Valtteri come and race IndyCar, being a big Valtteri guy. Um, I'd like to see him race in person. I have not seen that. And uh, IndyCar would be fantastic. I haven't been to an IndyCar race either. It is on my list. I've got to get to it, a uh, Indy 500 eventually, but not yet. I have not made it yet, but that will be hopefully sometime soon in the future. But anyway, getting back to what I was talking about, uh, TV ratings before I got on that tangent. <laughs> um, here we go. The official ESPN numbers are in for the U.S. Grand Prix at Coda. Third largest viewership peak at 1.6 million. So F1 races are averaging 1.2 million in 2022. That's up 29% over 2021 and nascar at miami pulled about 2.3 and uh formula pulled 1.6 so well over 3 million people uh checking out racing over the weekend which is a i mean good for everybody uh really i mean you can be elitist about one you can be elitist about the other one but what's important is that people are watching racing we're trying to bring racing kind of culture back in america 
Um, you've seen, I don't know if you've seen it, but you've probably seen a lot of young guys walking around with old NASCAR shirts. You see PacSun, all these other various retailers selling fake old racing merchandise where it's like, like generic racing merchandise. Um, it's cool. People think that racing is cool, but they just don't watch racing. And a lot of that has to do with the PR, you know, the whole NASCAR thing of it's just rednecks and inbreds and rebel flags and racists and stuff. And then the Formula One thing of they're all snotty go-getters that I don't know. I don't know what exactly those stereotypes are. We see less of those stereotypes because they're just less prominent uh, prominent in media. Um, but I'm excited to see it. More racing equals more better, in my opinion. Uh, this comes from Auto Racing Analytics. This is a fun fact about Miami. Had the entire 267 laps at Miami gone green and the final positions were based on speed alone, Kyle Larson would have finished approximately 2.5 miles ahead of of second place that is incredibly dominant but wait a minute hold on if it if it had gone he would have finished 2.5 miles is that (laughs) there is the main reason for stage cautions is making sure that nobody can do that penalizing dominance and rewarding mediocrity because as soon as a stage caution or heck a regular caution comes out any gap you've made, any advantage you've gained, anything is immediately erased. I could be 37 seconds ahead of second place with two to go. Flag comes out. That's gone. That is 100% gone. I worked tirelessly getting a 37-second lead. Gone. Snap of your fingers, gone. Don't even get me started about road courses. Don't even, do not even get me started on road courses because you know how I feel about that localized yellows uh green feels the opposite (laughs) than I do but hey I'm the only one talking this week so I get to decide what we talk about before I call it an episode I would like to get this re-fired back up folks we have hit 25 (laughs) well 2500 plays which is just absurd to me. And on behalf of me and Green, I'd like to thank everybody that listens to these episodes. We are so thankful. We could not do this stuff without you guys. Uh, We love each and every one of you very, very dearly, wherever you may listen from. Um, We thank you so much for the support. We delayed the Diecast giveaway till 2,500. We delayed it to 2,500 plays. It was supposed to be 20... Uh, 20, 20, 100, 2,000, but we've delayed it to 2,500. So we're going to get that restarted. You know what? Let's just do it this week. We're going to do it on this episode. So, once again, how to enter. There will be a thing on the Right Sides Only Twitter, and it will be the giveaway post. It will ask what your favorite paint scheme of all time is. The favorite NASCAR paint scheme of all time. Comment there. Send a picture. Whatever. Or you can put it in the description or the the Q&A section of this video. Just make sure you include your Twitter tag or your Twitter handle, so I can reach out to you if you do win. Um, That will be a random drawing, and the winner will win a diecast. It will be very cool. Congratulations to whoever does that. But, yeah, once again, comment on Twitter or in the Q&A here on this thing. You can enter both and double your chances. Da-da-da-da-da-da. Incredible. And, uh, yeah, you can do that. But make sure if you do enter on Spotify that you include your Twitter handle so we can get a hold of you. Anyway, I think I'm going to call it there. This has been Right Asides Only, the world's worst NASCAR podcast. Um, once again, Green is not here. He is on 
his honeymoon. So everybody, I don't know, spam his Twitter DMs with happy honeymoon green or something. I don't know. Just do something. <laughs> do something nice for him. So he'll be back. And then I think I'll be gone, but we'll 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 be getting it. We've already got our off season working on getting that planned, and that will be very exciting because the off season. Not a lot of people do off season content, but we will be doing off season content. So be sure to stick around for that. And uh, once again, this is right sides only. Where if you ain't right, you get left. Boogity boogity boogity. Amen. <laughs>